I think it's we're eventually going to get through every single Schwarzenegger movie. I realize this. We're cleaning house this year. <laughs> we're not only are we cleaning house, uh, we're also hitting up on a lot of the Carol Co. productions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit, eh? We really are. <laughs> yeah, like I even went so far as to go with the list of what they've done, and I'm like, yeah, wow, okay. I f- thought for sure they did Terminator One, but they didn't. Uh, who's that, Orion? Yeah, they did Terminator 1, but then and Terminator Co. 2. was 2, right? Yeah, which I yeah. thought was really interesting. But, like, most of the movies they did were with Arnold. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. Yeah, I was thinking about that, I was, too. I was like, I've been watching a lot of Schwarzenegger movies this year. <laughs> you know what? Like, I'm I'm a Schwarzenegger fan, so I I, I Oh, me too. Less. You know, like, it'll be rough when we start scraping the bottom of the barrel and, and saying things like, you know, upon further inflection, six days, not that bad. <laughs> uh, um, but I do remember distinctly watching the sixth day and I was like, ah, huh. I think, I think he's starting to dip. I've had that Blu-ray for, like, over 10 years and it's not even open. <laughs> I think i've only watched it the one time with you and that was it look at the price i got it for <laughs> uh that is a steal that is a steal I mean, for five bucks like, um okay no because this almost seems like uh, a phil k dick type of story too yeah it's it's actually uh interesting how much hollywood loves philip k dick stuff they love it absolutely love it yep speaking of philip k dick speaking of arnold schwarzenegger speaking of geek pants camcast ladies and gentlemen this is the total recall geek pants camcast Ooh, total recall yeah. i have not watched total recall in years this is my first time in a long time um yeah me neither starring kenneth levitsky and chris mercier that Woo! guy over, yeah over there depending on your viewing but yeah so uh i agree like i hadn't watched this in quite some time um i actually think the last time i watched this this was just before the remake came out was the last time i watched it like all the way through yeah no i i watched the remake but i didn't watch the original anywhere during that time i this is i probably haven't watched this in nearly 25 years, I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, wow. See, I, I can't. Uh, that This is one of those movies where every once in a while I'll get the itch and I got to watch it. Yeah. So I'm really glad that uh, to break my eight-year run of not watching this. <laughs> eight-year run. Well, yeah, because it was yeah. in 2012 that... Yeah. Uh, it's crazy the remake, remake that out. old array. I don't know where freaking time is going. Well, the other part, too, is that the remake it wasn't that good to begin with. So I enjoyed the remake. I I, I greatly enjoyed it. The only thing I didn't like was the fact that they were fighting on a ship that was going through the middle of the earth. I'm like, come on, what the fuck? They'd be melting. <laughs> I didn't like that scene. I also didn't uh like the fact that Brian Cranston mm-hmm. was physically able to keep up with uh Colin Farrell's character. Like, yeah. I mean, I know that. Cranston was like an aged uh, veteran type of thing. I, we're I also kinda, talking about like a like an elite 
thigh assassin in the yeah. peak physical condition. I just who's ripping her. through all these soldiers. <laughs> I'm not done yet. And just manages to like not get hit once. And then finally, when he gets to Brian Cranston, he's like, oh man, I might lose this fight. I'm done now. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I had a similar reaction while watching this, seeing uh, Michael Ironside like beat the shit out of Schwarzenegger. I was like, "Come on!" The only thing he's I'll say a, about he's that got one, a though, tough man voice, but he's not a tough man compared to Schwarzenegger. I didn't have this one wasn't that bad, especially because of the way in which uh, Schwarzenegger beats him. <laughs> it's pretty pretty brutal. Yeah, it is pretty brutal. Actually, in fact, like. This movie was uh, this movie was the movie that Hot Shots Part Two spoofed for the kill count <laughs> because apparently, like this had like the, one of the highest kill counts at that time period for a movie. It, yeah, apparently, I, mean, I wasn't really paying attention. This was like after the fact when I was doing my research on it. Yeah, um, I mean, yes, it's a violent and pr- brutally violent movie, but like. I wasn't like, uh, like at the end of the movie, I wasn't like, they fucking killed a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking like compared to other Schwarzenegger movies, it doesn't really seem like that much higher. But I guess it would depend on the movie, right? Because like Predator, low kill count. Yeah. Terminator, surprisingly low kill count. Mm-hmm. Um, Terminator 2 low kill count. In fact, I don't think I don't think Terminator the T8000 or yeah, T800 killed anybody actually. The highest Terminator kill count in his movies would probably be Commando. Yeah, yeah, Commando would be one of the highest. Yeah. And I think that's another Carol Co movie as well. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> yeah. Was it Red Heat that too, Carol Co? Um I don't think so because uh, Jim Belushi was in that as well. Right. And at the time, Jim Belushi was starting to make a name for himself, but I could be wrong. It could be Carol Co. Is it Carol Co or Carol Co? I don't know how. I, well, I just say Carol Co. Carol Co. Yeah, I just say Carol You got to roll the R. <laughs> and one thing I noticed too when I was uh, rewatching this is that, and I thought about this. Schwarzenegger's movies at this time period have a, quite a number of uh, persons of color in these movies. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like Melina, she's a darker woman in this, and and then they well, I mean, you mentioned uh, a you white mentioned, woman in, this, uh, in the remake. Yeah, uh, what should we call it? Uh, Commando. So mm-hmm. Commando, the uh, lead female, she was uh, was it lead female. In Conan Black, too? No, but uh, Conan the Destroyer, the sequel, had yeah. What's-Her-Face, a model. She was Great. in James Bond, Grace something, right? Grace. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe that's what I'm thinking of, then. Because I, like, I was like, I swear the one that Conan, there was a, a black... Prince, I don't think she was a princess even, but I, I vaguely remember like a poster, a Conan poster with her on it. It must have been that, Conan the Destroyer. It might have been, but then again, it's been so long since I've seen Conan that it might even be, you might be right. I haven't seen Conan in years. 
All I remember is James Earl Jones was creepy as fuck in it. <laughs> oh my god, so creepy and yeah. surprising too. Yeah, because like I know James Earl. Like up until I watched that movie, I knew James Earl Jones for uh, Field of Dreams. Yeah, and I didn't. I don't think I knew that he was the voice of Darth Vader at the time. Because I was yeah, young I when mean, I watched Conan. What? Yeah, because uh, I'm thinking, did I, when did I watch that? Yeah, I would have watched that before 94. So, because I was thinking, like, oh, did I watch it after Lion King or not? Because, I mean, he's obviously. Oh, Boston, Lion King. Right? Yes. Yes. So, um, no, you know what? Yeah, no, I, I would have, it would have been Lion King as well. That's right. So I, I, I feel like Conan was probably, Conan was probably one of the first rated R movies I saw. Yeah, I think I was nine or 10 when I saw it. 10 or 11. Yeah. Somewhere around there, 10 or 11 when I saw it. But I remember just being like, whoa. Yeah, it's crazy. This is crazy. <laughs> Actually, that's not the first one I've ever seen, though, because I watched Predator when I was young. And Commando. Watch, yeah, I didn't watch Predator for a while. It, well, I, I mean, mean horror movies could show me when I was a kid. Now I love right. it. But like uh, Trevor was a huge Schwarzenegger fan. So I ended yeah. up watching a bunch of those movies with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think Terminator 2. Terminator 2 might have actually been the first Schwarzenegger movie that I watched. Because my dad wasn't a huge Schwarzenegger fan. He had, he no, was, I, I remember we talked about James this Bond, for Seagal, and, and he had, you know, the Lethal Weapons and Beverly Hills Cops. But he never really had any of those. Um, Schwarzenegger, like even Stallone, he never had any Stallone movies. My grandfather yeah, I know. had Stallone, so I watched Stallone there. Um, ah, that explains it. Okay. And then I, I loved Van Damme on my own because of Bloodsport and I was in karate and everything. So, yeah, I, uh, yeah. for me, it was, no, uh... oh, crap. Now I can't remember it now. Double Trouble. <laughs> oh, Double Team. <laughs> double Team? No, no, not Double Team. Um, Oh, Double Impact. Double Impact, that's the one. Double and Not team. Double Team, not the Rodman movie. <laughs> yeah. Double Team. <laughs> Good God. Oh, actually, it's funny, though, to, you mentioned that I started watching Maximum Risk the other day. Oh, nice. I actually, I, I started watching it because I could have swore I'd seen it before. Yeah. I'd never seen it. So, like, the first five minutes of the movie, I'm like, I don't what the fuck is going on? Like, what is happening? And the best part is, as that's another movie where he plays a twin. <laughs> yeah. He played a twin in so many movies. Um, it's like his favorite thing to do. Replicant. There was two Van Dams and Replicant. Oh, see, I, some of his later stuff, I haven't, I haven't watched it as religious. I think the last movie that I watched before is straight to video stuff and like JCVD. Yeah. Or was... Uh, the Legionnaire is that? Uh, Legionnaire. Right? I, I think Legionnaire was actually his last movie to go to the theater. I think so too. I think so too. Because like, yeah, because that was after Knockoff. Yeah. Knockoff yeah, is all right. Knockoff. Uh, uh, I had to watch Knockoff. I remember not liking Knockoff when I was younger because the cinematography pissed me off. Like it was like all hand cam, and it, I hated it. I remember liking it for some reason. Schneider was in that, right? Is that the one with Schneider? Yes, that's the one with Schneider. Okay. I think that might have been also the reason why I liked it, because I, I, yeah. I'm i a huge fan for Schneider. Even Around though that Schneider kick. He's, <laughs> I don't know, like, even though it's, he hasn't done anything, like, 
epic at all by any means. And if someone said like, no, he could act, I'd be like, no, he can't. No. <laughs> no, he can't. And let's be real here. You don't want him to anyway. No. I can't even imagine what a serious movie with Schneider would be like. It wouldn't happen because it would be like, a, you know what? And this is going to pain me a little bit, but it'd be like Polly Shore in a serious movie. It would no longer be a serious movie because Polly Shore's in it. Because it's Polly Shore. Because it's Polly Shore. Like it's not mm-hmm. like uh, like Rodney Dangerfield in uh, Natural Born Killers, because a that was such an about face for him in terms of his on-screen character that he's always played, like his Rodney Dangerfield character. Yeah. And then to see him like an alcoholic, abusive, like piece of shit. And doesn't play it for laughs at all. Whereas, like, I feel like, like Polly Shore, Rob Schneider, couldn't help but play it for laughs because they don't know any yeah. other way. You know, it's uh, it's different from uh, Adam Sandler. Whereas, like, with Adam Sandler, if somebody said, "Oh, he can't act," I'd be like, "No, nah, here's a stack of movies you need to watch because he can act. He just doesn't have to." Yeah. This is this is him when he wants to, just to say, "Hey, guys, I can actually act." But the rest of that is is him doing what he wants yeah and getting paid just as much so why why bother i don't think he's getting paid as much on the serious roles probably not i think uncut gems Gems was very indie like that was a low low budget movie but that's also netflix that's part of his netflix thing uncut gems that was on netflix it wasn't it's on netflix it's on I Netflix. That was part of his... No, no, that one was in theaters. I wasn't part of the Netflix deal. I thought that was part of his Netflix contract. Nope. Interesting. Interesting that I went to theaters. Weird. Yeah. Um, I think his Netflix deal was up. He's just renewed it. Because I okay. think it was only it was only for six movies or something like that. And what six garbage movies they were. I was just gonna say, what a pile of garbage. Like it seemed like each one got progressively worse. Yeah. Because I I sat through the uh, retarded eight or whatever. Oh, yeah, whatever that was called. I sat through that one and I was like, oh my god, this is horrible. And I was pumped, like I was excited. I was like, oh my god, this is Adam Sandler. Like this is gonna be so good. And I watched it. I was like, this is a fucking turd sandwich. And then I decided to watch the Do Over. For another yeah. turd sandwich, but yeah. it's again because I, I like all those guys. Like I like David Spade and I like Adam Sandler. I think what it is is that I've seen the same type of movie from these guys for so long that it's like I'm good. <laughs> the only decent one out of that bunch was that Jennifer Aniston one he did, where they run the ship. I don't even remember the name of it. I didn't even want to watch that one. But that was easily the best of the bunch. Because <laughs> I also I hate to say this, but I also sat through that Kevin James vehicle where he was the uh, spy author. Oh yeah. Who ended up becoming a spy in real life? Yeah, I sat through all of that. <laughs> <laughs> in uh, one sitting, none of this like broke it up into parts. I watched it all the way through, and by the end of it, I was like, "What am I doing with my life?" That <laughs> is got to be something more than this. The choices I'm making are not good. Um, <laughs> hey, mini rant aside, Total Recall. That's what Total we're Recall. Doing, right? Yeah. Now, I didn't do as extensive notes as I've been doing in the past, uh, mo- mainly because I feel like this one's going to be free-flowing anyway, but I did cover the basics. It was yep. released in 1990. Yep. Its budget was $65 million, and mm-hmm. my God, did they put 
like this money to use. Like, I mean, was it, I think it was only like 11 million was uh, Stallone's salary. Plus he got a cut of the profits. But other than that, the rest of this was just cast and like special effects and story. Oh, special effects must've cost a fortune on this. I mean, they had Rick Bowden on there who, yep. um, who did the thing. I mean, well, everything in this movie just looks awesome. Like even in the opening segment uh, minutes of the movie when they're on the moon, yeah, and the uh, the masks or the astronaut helmets or what are they, what yeah. are they called? Yeah, they break open and all of a sudden you get like that horrible like their atmosphere is sucking them out and they yeah. just get all bulged out. That looked incredible. That absolutely. That's still like that's one of the most scarring things. Like it's etched into my brain. So much so that one of the reasons why I wasn't a big fan of the uh, remake was because you didn't get to see scenes like that. No, because they didn't go to Mars. No, they didn't go to Mars at all. But I mean, they could have had that as part of the dream because even though uh, in this movie they go to Mars, in the book that it's based on or the short story, whatever, and in the remake, they don't go to Mars. Going to Mars is a central plot line of, the, of all three of them. Yeah. Even though the remake is closer to the book than than the first movie. <clears throat> yeah, this is just uh what Paul Verhoeven going nuts. <laughs> Although to be fair, he's he's a weird dude to begin with. Like I looked through his discography or videography and I was like he's done some like it's weird for him to go from like I'm not talking about his his uh, Dutch movies or whatever. Although they all sound weird. Yeah, but like he goes from like uh, RoboCop and this to like what was one of them that blew me? It's like a romantic comedy. It is Showgirls. Showgirls, yes, that's exactly one. Uh, the one I was thinking of. I was like, that's a weird. And like, then after Showgirls, he did uh, Spaceship Troopers or Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers, yeah. So yeah. it's like you've got like Starship Troopers. Uh, uh, RoboCop and uh, Total Recall, and you're like, okay, like, yeah, all right, like you can, yeah, you can fucking direct the shit out of some vulgar graphic action movies, and then all of a sudden you're doing Showgirls, and you're like, what? <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. Yeah, I always thought that was funny from the director of RoboCop. <laughs> yeah, and Total Recall comes Showgirls, a story about a girl. She's taking her clothes off. <laughs> Showgirls. Yeah. You know what? I've never watched that movie all the way through. Oh, me neither. After sitting through... Uh, striptease? Striptease. After sitting through <laughs> striptease, I was like, I'm good. I don't need to see... If I want to watch a movie like that, I'll watch a porno like I should be doing in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, no, striptease is funny, man. I remember having the VHS and having the poster on my wall. and I don't know how I got away with it with my mom. <laughs> well, I think it's because it wasn't any nudity. I mean, yeah, there was no nudity. <clears throat> I mean, I think that's literally what it was. It wasn't like, and as far as uh, posters go, wh- what was their sexual about that? Oh, it was just her, like, she was naked, but she was in, like, that that crouched over... But you can't even really say she was naked. She could have been covered up underneath the way she was posed. We don't know. She could have been. She could have been. I know she wasn't in your dreams, though. 
Mm. Oh, Demi Moore, Demi Moore. It's funny how like those scenes were really good, but then they just they they just fucking throw it away with a greasy Burt Reynolds. It's, he was so dirty and gross. Now. No, it's not even just throwing it away with a greasy Burt Reynolds because he had to be a dirtbag. Oh yeah, it's the story itself was a pile of garbage. Yeah, well, I mean, it was like very you, generic. If, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, if you took out the fact that Demi Moore was getting topless for, I think, what, three whole minutes of total runtime? I all, I remember I, maybe, all the marketing. Maybe five. Maybe five. And But if you take that aspect out, it's this – it's it's worse because, yes, it's a generic, like, down-on-her-luck mom trying to get money for her kids to keep her kid. But it's all, but it's, it's a shitty version of that generic plot. <laughs> yeah. And you had like decent actors in it and it was still like a stinking pile of, anyway, back to total recall. So the budget was 65 million and it grossed, you ready for it? There we go. $261.3 million. <clears throat> we mentioned Carol Coe. We mentioned yep. the director. Mm-hmm. We got a couple of people in the cast, but let's start from. I literally just wrote down the okay, top five. Let, let, let's, let's mention the writers first. Oh yes, let's do the writers. Okay, so it's it's All from the, twenty of them. <laughs> it had a lot of writers. It's based on the film K, uh, Phil K. Dick book, but it's uh, it was written by the two guys that wrote Alien, and the one guy that wrote Big Trouble in Little China, and yep, you could definitely see the styles of both of those movies in this one. Yep. And uh, there was also one other guy that didn't get credit for it. But I can't remember his name now. I meant to write it down, and for some reason I didn't. But, like, he definitely, like, they were like, he's definitely, you know, he had such a big hand in it because he had been part of it from almost the beginning. Yeah. Um, but anyway, regardless. So, yeah. So, you've, we've got – the reality is, is that we've got such huge pedigree for this movie that – I feel like there's no way that this movie wouldn't have done good. Like, even mm. though it took a while to get to where it was, um, and even going through like a different director, and even like finding out that originally Arnold Schwarzenegger was not supposed to be the lead, yeah. it was only when it started to, they were getting ready to just kind of go, fuck it, let's just shelve it. That he swooped in and was like, okay, well, you know what? How about we bring in my buddies from Carol Co. Uh, and uh, we'll get that guy from RoboCop, because that was a pretty good movie, right? And, uh, you know, I'll be the lead. And they were like, ah, whatever, fine. Okay, you can get this going. We'll do it. And uh, and then they did. <laughs> you know? It's crazy that he was 41 at the time of shooting that. Actually, it's it's crazy that at his height, he was already approaching his 50s. Yeah. Like at his height, he was in his fifties, which is incredible to think of it. Just goes but to show again, you that, like, as guys in their mid thirties, going, "Oh well, I guess that's it for life." Fuck no! I mean, well, who said that? I never said that. No, but it's like in is general, everything okay, Kenneth? In general, do you need to talk about stuff? I need to talk, man. I don't want to be a warehouse guy my whole Just life. Just pretend I'm rubbing your cheek. It's okay, man. It's okay. There you go. There you go. Fucking it's mirrored okay. images. It's okay. Or here, is that better? <laughs> Yeah, like a back enemy. <laughs> no, okay. Yeah, you froze. You froze like this. <laughs> not quite, not quite. But um, but yeah, like 
yeah, it's one of those, like, when you, in retrospect, you think, like, oh, my God, like, you don't realize, first of all, you don't realize it because the guy didn't age at all. Yeah. I think the only time I actually literally noticed that he was getting older was when he was the governor. <laughs> that aged him. That aged him for sure. And it would, because I think he was, like, two terms there. Yeah. But he would have been in his uh, late 50s at that point. Yeah. What was his last movie? Was it The Sixth Day? Before he became governor? Yeah. I think it was. For some reason, I think it was. No, his last movie was End of Days. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Sixth Day was his comeback movie. No. Or no, that was his in-between movie. When was his, his comeback movie was Collateral, wasn't it? Not Collateral. Okay, no, this would be his last movie. This was 2000, two years after End of Days. Okay, okay. So, yeah, no, you're right. No, his comeback movie was Expendables. That's right, that's right. Because that, uh, the one I'm thinking of, that was before End of Days. That's the one where he was the firefighter and his family was killed in 9-11. Oh yeah, um, collateral damage. Oh, I was so close when I said collateral. I was like, that was a right. really good movie. I totally forgot about that movie. I uh, I remember not wanting to watch it at first because I was, I think I was getting to the point where I was a little bit burned out of uh, Schwarzenegger, but which is stupid because then I watched End of Days. <laughs> yeah, it's so dumb. But anyway, uh, I remember watching it later, and my only real point of contention was the similar point of contention with uh, sudden death where was it sudden death? Yeah. Sudden, yeah death. sudden death where they both like uh, play regular dudes. Right. So like uh, he was a firefighter. Schwarzenegger's character was a firefighter. And I can't remember if they had any sort of like special forces type of backstory for him. Cause he was able to go to, the sandy country and find the terrorists and kill the yeah. terrorists and then uh, van damme was a uh he was a firefighter too actually was he a firefighter i thought he was like he was a, a firefighter at the skating rink or something oh he started as a firefighter that's and then right he became a security guard because he couldn't save somebody right and it and it fucked his life up and even though he looks like all he does is practice martial arts and lift weights he was also an alcoholic yeah. who lost his family because of it. And he was a, a lowly security guard. <laughs> I got to rewatch that one too, because that's where he was like doing MacGyver shit, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Powers Booth yeah. is the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. right. He was. Oh, he yeah. was a bad guy too. <laughs> oh, man. There was a really good stretch of action in the 90s. You know, everyone talks about action in the 80s, but action in the 90s was really fucking cool too. I feel like it was like like 85 to about 2000 or maybe 2000. even like I'd say about 2000 where like it was still largely still using real people and practical effects. Yeah. There wasn't so much reliance on CGI, you know? Yeah. And uh plus like I think what it is too is that the time period sort of lends itself for this over the top craziness. Cause like, like this movie, total recall, even if you take out all the 
Mars aspects and things like that. This is still a bonkers sci-fi or not sci-fi, but like CIA movie. You know, like yeah. I remember this time around I was watching it, excuse me. And I was getting like distinct uh, Jason Bourne vibes from it. Like when he's figuring out who he was, but it also reminded me of like paycheck, unfortunately, but, uh, Man, but that's another example. Paycheck. <laughs> you know why? You why I have a I don't have a hate for it. I have a general disliking for it. But would you like to know why? Why? Because it's a terrible movie. That's why. The premise, it's a cool premise. Um, and I love it. It was John Woo, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, I think it was actually his last American movie. It was his last American movie. I could see why. But anyway, so the premise is cool. Uh, the actors, they're all good. The yep. director is phenomenal. Like I, I don't have any issues with anybody in the movie. It's just Aaron Eckhart, like an early role for him. Yeah. It's just that the actual movie itself came out pretty shitty, in my opinion. Yeah. It must not have been great because I don't remember a single thing about it. Ben Affleck was in it, right? Oh yeah, you are. You really don't remember much. Yes, he was the lead actually. Affleck. Eckhart, and who was the female lead? Come on, you can guess. Who was the female lead in Paycheck? I don't even fucking remember. Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman. See, that was totally gone from my mind. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I got like Paycheck vibes, like I said, unfortunately. Yeah. And I have, I've watched that movie twice, so I can honestly tell you. This isn't like a one and done for me. I've watched Paycheck twice. Ugh, garbage. Uh, getting back to this movie, which isn't garbage. It's going to get voted for Campcast 100 now. Paycheck! Oh, God. Well, you know what? I would watch it. I would definitely watch it if that was voted for our 100th Camcast. But I would scold people the entire Camcast that they wasted our 100th Camcast on this movie. Paycheck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, anyway, so Arnold Schwarzenegger plays two roles. Douglas Quaid, a yeah. lowly factory worker who desperately wants to go to the moon because that's what he dreams about. Yep. But he also plays Carl Hauser, who is a douchebag piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, who you think is a good guy. I forgot, too, and I, it had been long enough where... Yeah. I forgot that that was part of the the last half hour twist. I didn't see it coming. I was like, "No way!" Oh, wow! I did this. I went like this. And I went, <laughs> oh, right, that's right. And then I was like, "But he's not really bad, though, right? Like he's just like this is part of the show." And then, but by, by the end of the movie, you're like, "Oh yeah, no, this he was yeah. really a piece of shit." Okay, all right. Um, Rachel Tikotin. Tykenin, yep. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Molina. Mm -hmm. Early role for Sharon Stone as Laurie Quaid. Yep. The casting of uh, her character for Kate Beckinsale was genius. You know what I really like? Here's something I really, really like about um, about the remake. And you said it's more based on the book, and I've never or the story. I've never read the story. I've never but, read it either, but Wikipedia is amazing. I really like how there's Lori in here, but then like her boyfriend or husband, they never really explain is Richter and Richter does the main chasing down of Quaid. Whereas yes. in the remake, there is no Richter. 
Yeah, they exactly. Did, everything he did, they just made Lori do. Right, which I thought was actually really refreshing. The other thing I liked yeah. was the whole um, almost Chinese infusion with their future vision. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. So it seemed like they were less trying to not look so much like uh, Blade Runner. Yeah. Like this movie is definitely influenced by Blade Runner for sure. Well, they're both filled from K. Dick. So, I mean, it makes sense. But not even that. Not even that. It's also just that mentality, right? Because, like, um, what the hell was the... Uh... Oh, I forgot. I remember one of the reasons why there was so much problems getting this movie off the ground was that the producers ultimately wanted this to be... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like Raiders of the Lost Ark, like Indiana Jones, <laughs> but on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> that, anyway, sorry, I had to get that out because that would have bugged me if I didn't. But, uh, but yeah, so like this one does look a lot closer to Blade Runner than uh, yeah. the remake. But anyway, uh, Ronnie Cox, good old Ronnie Cox, mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. Vilos Cohagen. Cohagen. <laughs> and then, of course, you mentioned Michael Ironside as Richter. So. Yeah. And then uh, um, Mel actually, Johnson Jr. as Benny. Another twist. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I didn't think to cast him. <laughs> well, Even I though that, that was a pretty good twist. I did. Yeah. I mean, just like this goofy friggin'. And then, and then the fact that it's the, the kid line that throws him off. I got five kids to feed. I got four kids to feed. I thought you had five or whatever he says. I actually like the fact that they go through the trouble of showing that he's like a mutant too. Yeah. So then they immediately are like, yeah, okay, we trust him. And he totally just sells him. And then I like that. I love that part where he goes like, I got four kids. He's like, what happened to the fifth one? Yeah. Ah, shit. You got me. <laughs> I ain't got no kids. It's like that's that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Cuado or Cueto, Cueto, creepy. Cuado, I totally forgot how friggin' creepy that is. Adrian, so said, Adrian said it looks like Chucky coming out of that guy's stomach. Oh, it's it is just rough looking. Yeah, but again, like, so that's a pl- classic example of practical effects. Yes. Today, that would have been CGI. Yeah. You know? And it wouldn't um, have been the same. It wouldn't have been the same. Because the other thing, too, is like, I don't want to like get on this tangent about CGI and stuff like that, but like you could touch Quato, you know? Yeah. Like you could probably touch him and then go, oh, God, it sweats or whatever. Yeah. Like all of this gross stuff. But like, it's just really cool, really cool special effects across the board. But, um, I like how quickly paced this movie is. It has a very quick pace to it. And it's almost a two-hour movie, and it's fairly quick paced. Yeah. Like, you know, like one second, you know, he's dreaming about being on Mars. He tells his wife about it, and she fucking loses it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. gets crazy about it, and he's just like, what? and then he goes to work. <laughs> <laughs> and the work scene, I think, is my my favorite scene the whole movie because like i get the impression that he was literally using a real jackhammer just so that he could just be jacked i was like I, we all get it like, like our arms are like this <laughs> you know and then of course uh 
uh, what's his face? Uh, Frank Costanzo. Yeah. Again, shows up again in a movie that we've uh, reviewed. Yep. <laughs> it's like, but it's it's also one of those things where I'm like, this is Hollywood, right? But of course, so you have like the D- Danny DeVito character who's best friends with the Arnold Schwarzenegger character. <laughs> but like, one of my favorite things about this movie is that like they they talk about how they they shot it in such a way where it, you really can't tell if this actually did happen or if Quaid is actually still in recall having that uh, schizoembolism or whatever the word was that they used for it. Yeah, that was nice too. I, like I, I, I totally forgot like even, everything. I think, sorry, go on. No, I just totally, like this is like watching this again for the first time. Like everything seemed new to me. Like, that whole, uh, I, I don't remember the guy's name, but when him and that old guy and Lori show up and they're like, oh, you're still in recall right now. Yes. And I See, was like, like, there oh, was so much is, shit that I forgot cool. about. So I was like, I'm in the same boat as you were like, yeah. oh, okay. It was one of those where they didn't have to do that scene to really hammer the fact that it's possible that he's, you know, hallucinating all of this. Yeah. So because they did that, it's weird because it elevates this you know, generic action flick into something a little bit bigger than it could have been. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But even like Paul Verhoeven had said in interviews that it is all a dream. Why do you think it fades to white instead of fading to black? Because almost every single movie you've ever seen fades to black. Yeah. This one faded to white and he's like, it's fucking dreaming. Huh. Like he's he's died on the actual in the chair because that's like when you you see the light, right? Yeah. I was like, oh man, that's so cool. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't really caught on to that. Well, I because I read lots, right? So I came across that ages ago. Yeah. Um, but the other part that's really really cool too is like you can actually pretty much map out the movie in the first like 10 minutes of the movie because of the recall stuff. Cause like, as soon as they're going through the list, Schwarzenegger says like, he wants to go to the moon check. Yep. And then Schwarzenegger, he's the one that picks out the secret agent. No one else does like the guy's going through the list and he just goes secret agent. She's like, okay, all right. Secret agent package. He picks the woman. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, of course, his wife is going to look like Sharon Stone. Like, he's going to look like his wife, right? Yep. <clears throat> he has to go to Mars, and there's all this other stuff. And every secret agent, there's all this, like, who's with me, who's against me stuff. Like, so it's, it's really, like, I forgot how good this was just on that premise alone, that this could have happened for real, yeah. everything, exactly like we saw it. Uh, or it could be totally fake. And he died. <laughs> and this is all just a fever dream in his last moments of life. Right, that's crazy. It I is, like isn't it? I like that. Now you want to watch this again and see like, oh. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's just like, it's not a typical Schwarzenegger movie. It's got, uh, it, it's more of a thinking man movie. Or thinking Yeah, woman. exactly. Like, thinking it's not just a straightforward person. action flick. That's right, yeah. But like the best part too is it could be even yeah, with that scene, be. even with that scene where they're saying like, 
dude, like you're actually, you're still on the chair. Yeah. I'm just, I just came in, I booted in to see if we can get you out of here. And I brought your wife with me, see if we can get you out of here. But we can't, you could still look at it at face value and go, yeah, but this is just a action flick with, with mutants on Mars. No big deal. You don't yeah. have to think of it anything more than that. But it's rewarding when you actually start to kind of peel it away and stuff, which I, I really enjoy. I love it when you can rip apart a movie and still go, ah, this is really good. It's actually yeah. really good. The music is fantastic in this. It's they a won great an award score. for it. Like, did they win an award for it? I'm almost positive that the, uh, I'm pretty sure that the guy won an award for it. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised because like I, I was watching and I was like, okay, all right. And then I felt, I found myself at the beginning anyways, before they got to Mars, everything focusing on the music in, in scenes more than the scene itself at times. There was uh, aspects where I was going through that too, but especially cause like the beginning, I was, I remember literally being like, huh, did they purposely try to make this sound like Terminator? Yeah, yeah it was close. It was close. <laughs> it was very close and it was long too. Like I didn't expect the credits to be that long. Yeah. But yeah, just uh, yeah, the soundtrack is amazing. Uh, well, the score I should say is amazing. Yeah. Um, I I don't really have anything bad to say about this movie. To be perfectly honest. No, I mean, I don't think anything bad. I mean, it felt when they got to Mars, there were scenes that felt very much like stage settings. You know what I mean? Like when they were on Earth, it felt like they were in a city at a time. But there was that part where they're like, Benny was driving them around and they were getting chased and everything. And it just felt like they were going around on a, a set, like on a stage. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Um, actually, it's funny because as we're talking about this, there is one particular scene, two particular scenes where I was just like, okay, you're kind of stretching it for me. You're kind of yeah. stretching it for me. But the set, um, yeah, I agree about the set, but I mean, for me, it's not so much a negative because, like, I expect a set like that. You know what I, I mean? Yeah, I mean, I expect a set, but this, like, I also expect to to be so into the movie, I, I'm not paying attention that it is a set. This, I like, okay, that scene, I felt like it, it almost felt like a stage play type of thing. Like, I knew they were on a stage right there. It felt like a stage. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I understand what you're saying, because, like, there yeah it did kind of it looked fake is what i guess is it what it is so it did, it did and and of course like for somebody who hasn't seen it in like 25 years then yeah that's right you're gonna be like oh yeah yeah because and you're 100 correct when they're in the city even though they do that that weird thing with cars where they purposely shape them weird because in the future we use weird <laughs> everything's angles. so boxy looking <laughs> yeah we suddenly we re remembered geometry and we're like gotta make it a box but a weird box too a right? weird box yeah <laughs> <laughs> um still yeah. handles like a car though <laughs> with the most annoying robotic cabbies ever <laughs> i actually didn't mind that so much um i did thought it, i thought it was hilarious that they would make a point of having the automated driver but you would have the ability to drive with a stick shift, yeah. like a joystick, if you decided to disable the, the cab. Yeah. I thought that was really weird. I remember thinking to myself, every time I watched it, I remember thinking, why would they do that? Like, why would they have a backup joystick? Yeah. Right? 
Like, I guess it's for if there's a malfunction, but you would think that if there was a malfunction of the driver, it would send an error report to the main hub and the main hub would send out a new cab, whatever, Yeah. whatever, whatever. you know, I mean, better, we're dealing with it's better if the bars and over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, I guess the, you're right about the set. You know what? It, you're right. It is actually when they're driving around Mars, because when they're in the, uh, Venusville is what it's called, but when they're actual in the bar itself, yeah, um, not so bad. No, it's, in the in the bar wasn't bar. bad. Right outside of the bar, and they keep showing that scene where the fans shut off and they're, they're all laying on the ground and stuff. Every yeah. time that scene came up, it just it actually took me out of the movie for a moment because it felt like a stage. You know so what I mean? the the scene for me that really took me out of it was uh, when Quaid and Melina or Melina, sorry, yeah, are literally fighting the the tunnel machines, right? You know, and like there's, it almost feels like ten minutes of him drilling the fucking uh, hose, and he's getting like hit by the blades and things like that. And I was like, Oof. like, because I, I always feel like in that situation, your arm is going to get caught by one of them. And yeah. then the whole thing goes in. It's yeah, not it's just rotating like, like this and it catches your shirt. I mean, you're not just going to get a slice. Your arm's going to go. Yeah. But like even God. then, like, and the slice, even if, if all you get is a slice, it's going to lop off a chunk of your arm. It's not going to be like, like a little cut that you just kind of go, ow, uh, get back to drilling. Yeah. So that like was how one... badass would it have been if his arm did do that and he gets like dislocated and he has to put it back in or something. I still think it would have been ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been ripped. Well, I don't know if you ever. But I agree. Like, like if he would have had that, like you know, <laughs> pop his shoulder back in or whatever, that would have been pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then the other scene is the end of the movie, where they're both suffocating from Mars. Huh. Yeah. And because it, it takes like you know almost ten minutes for the atmosphere to change, but the whole time I was watching that scene this time around, I was like, they would have been dead. Yeah. I mean, like, and even if they didn't die, like, how is it that when the earth's atmosphere does hit them and they can breathe the air that all this area here that was just bulging out, this goes back to normal, goes right back in like normal, no swelling, no bruising, no nothing. And they're just like, Oh yeah. want to go bang because i feel great yeah those two scenes those are the two scenes where i was like you know what like they definitely uh, would have had like some fish eye going on still (laughs) yeah their eyes were coming out of their sockets and that's if they lived you know yeah but you're right like cohagan went out and he he freaking died right away they went out right after him like he was still dying when they got out there yeah and then the whole like friggin' Mars air coming up and shit, and they're just like, Aah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I mean, like the the people in Venusville, you could argue, were just slowly getting through their oxygen. Right. They were going to die, mm-hmm. but they were still okay enough. It's not like they were in fucking space where space is literally a freezing cold. Okay. Yeah. B, no oxygen, no atmosphere, no nothing. Like I was like, ah, okay, fine, but whatever. Those are the only two parts in this whole movie where I was like, 
come on, guys. Come on. Yeah. You could do better than this. Yeah. No, I was enjoying, I was, I was enjoying that final scene though. Just watching them like, <laughs> I was like, yes. I was like, yeah, like if, if they actually killed the two main characters, that would have been ballsy. I would be like, fucking right. That would have been ballsy. That would have been both so bad. died, but everyone else is safe. I would be like, okay. All right. I know you a lot of people back them, in the. You could have had them die in each other's arms or holding hands or something. Yeah. You know? Something. But everything like leading up to that point eyeballs just are like bulging. What about that scene where he actually has to take the tracker out? Oh. <laughs> there's no way there's like even shooting that scene i was like like the special effects there is that same sort of like terminator special effects where you could tell yes with the eye you know yeah but it was still just like the whole time i was like i would i'd have been dead like i would not have been able to get that out it was like this big like how would you pull that out that would kill you would that not kill you i feel like if it didn't kill you that whole left nostril is just fucked for life. Yeah. Like just dangling there all fucking loose. Just like this giant stretched out thing and everything leading up to it. Cause I feel like the damage to your skull, like your eye, your eye would like, be like pushed outwards or something. Like you've got your bit of your skull here. Yeah. So that would have to be damaged. Like unreal. Yeah, but of I mean, course he, it's Schwarzenegger, so naturally. Yeah, he he can give birth with his nostrils, no problem. <laughs> uh, basic plot for this one is, buddy, like Quaid is a lowly factory worker, not a factory worker, but like a fucking jackhammerer. <laughs> jackhammer, yeah, jackhammer guy. Yeah. Uh, construction worker. That's that's it. Yeah. And uh, he wants to go to the moon, or Mars, sorry, and, and everyone's like, dude, fuck Mars, man. Like, you don't, what do you, why don't you go to Saturn? <laughs> and they say that so much. Like, I remember, like, when uh, his wife, Lori, was saying, what about Saturn? I hear Saturn's great this time of year. He goes to recall, and he's like, hey, uh, so I want to go to Mars. And he's like, Mars? Ah, what about Saturn? And that's when I was like, everybody's in on this. Everybody around him is in on this. Because everyone's saying, Mars, Saturn. You want to go to Saturn, Saturn. bro? <laughs> you know, and then, of course, uh, I actually didn't expect the scene cut, though, when they start getting him set up for recall. Then they scene cut to uh, the hard sell. Yeah. When that, that guy's real, like, like selling recall to that, uh, to the chick. Yeah. You know? and. Uh, and then all of a sudden, like, of course, he's going nuts. And I like how they actually have the video uh, phone with the, the doctor literally, like, screaming into it. And, of yeah. course, he's got it muted, right? And then uh, the secretary comes in. He's like, he's freaking out. And he's just like, you blew my cover. And he's like, like, Schwarzenegger himself is just fucking, like, into it. Like, yeah. he's selling the whole thing, like you blew my cover. They're going to kill me. You know? And he's like trying to bust it out of the whole thing. I was like, he's going to pop a vein in this scene. Mm -hmm. And it just starts from there. And and she's like, I haven't even given it to him yet. (laughs) That was, that was my favorite part. Cause he's just like, he's like, he's just reacting to the hallucinations. You dumb bitch. Yeah. (laughs) She's just (laughs) like, I didn't even give it to him yet. And she should have been like, 
prick or something to that effect. Because I was like, what, what a fucking prick. Yeah. Like, he's just like, you stupid bitch or something like that. He was, he leaned into the bitch real hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then, of course, like, he gets out, he gets home, and he's, he tells his wife, and she's just like, like, this is all just in your head. Like, let it go. This is ridiculous. He goes to the bathroom. All of a sudden, somebody's opening fire on him. And they shot that perfectly. Like, even though I knew, spoilers, that it was uh, Lori, I loved how they shot it so that we don't, if you didn't see the movie before, you'd be like, what happened to Lori? Where is she? Yeah. Who's shooting at him? You know, and then you find out that it is, in fact, her. It's like, whoa. Um, I also like the fact that she and Richter were an item, which I, I completely forgot about. Yeah, that kind of threw me off. I was like, oh, okay. yeah, it did throw me off. Um, and I think it's partly because, like, uh, like you said, in the remake, there is no Richter character. She's yeah. essentially both. She's both. She's doing the hunting and the, being the wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I loved. I mean, you know, they they kind of whitewash Melina's character. But at they, the same the time, they movie. made a stronger female character out of the other one. I uh, I looked through the cast actually, and they switched it around. It's not a complete whitewash because right, like because uh, it made uh, Bokeem Woodbine Harry. Yeah, he was he was the buddy. Yeah, um, and then of course they expanded his role because yeah. of the movie. Big time expansion, right? Um, and uh, the Benny character, right. And also uh, the doctor. The doctor was uh, Asian, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah, no, there was an Asian character in there. I think the recall doctor, if I remember correctly, was Asian. Yeah, it was uh, John Cho. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so they switched it around, but they didn't exactly completely whitewash it. Because I was really keen to check that out when I was watching this one. Because, you know, like I said, like, Schwarzenegger had a, a string of, like, uh, persons of color, women, women of color in lead women roles, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. And refreshing, like, in retrospect. Especially now, it seems like it's like we're on the opposite end of the spectrum now. We're so now we're so far removed from whitewashing that, like, you're almost, you have to have, like, one or two white people, and then the rest of the cast is a person of color. I hate saying person of color, by the way. Yeah, I, I don't like it either. It's so awkward, but I, I mean, mean aren't uh, we just persons of whiteness? Uh, white guy problems, per, right? Per, people of no color. Yeah, we're the absence of uh, of color. Yeah, the absence yeah. of color. <laughs> That's probably why they call us vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> we're white bread motherfuckers <laughs> uh i've always preferred chocolate yeah yeah chocolate over vanilla for sure uh, every day of the week every day of the week oh speaking of uh ice cream and stuff like that <laughs> they actually have fuzzy peach popsicles Ooh, they're good but they're not like fuzzy peach that's got to be sweet. That just sounds sweet to me. It's got to be like pure sugar. It's not as sweet as I, I thought it would. I actually thought it would be like like eating a, a fuzzy peach, but it wasn't, in fact. 
Well, you excited me and you disappointed me in the same shot. No, no, no. I want to temper you. So that way when you see them, because when I saw them, I went, yep, buying that. I didn't even think twice. I wasn't like, better uh, take a look around. I was like, yep, you're in the cart. Uh, But they are good. Like they are, they are good. They're worth it. But I don't want you to go, Krista, they taste exactly like fuzzy peaches. Did they make any other ones? Because Swedish fish would be an awesome popsicle. Or Swedish berries. Yeah, either one. Or, Or berries. Yes. Or big no, food. I didn't. I didn't look after that actually. <laughs> now I just want all candies to become popsicles. Yeah, a Swedish berry popsicle would be insane. Yes. The blue whale popsicle would also be insane because mm. I was a big fan of the blue whale. Cherry twist. Ooh, that's that's some nice sweet and sour shit right there. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Mm. Huh. We'll have to write these notes down so that yeah. we don't get. We're making Rob a popsicle company. We not be we yeah. not be in action movies at forty one, but we're gonna be somebody. <laughs> we're, we're gonna, gonna be popsicle. popsicle the popsicle CEOs. kings of Thunder Bay, Ontario. Hey, it could it could be worse. It could be a lot worse. It could definitely be worse. <laughs> um. So, oh yeah. So getting back to this movie. So now that we like Lori is trying to kill him, and Lori's part of this, and then she says, "Well, hey, look, like." You were mind wiped. You're Carl Hauser. This is all part of this thing. You've only been Douglas Quaid for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. And then, um, you know, and Richter's showing up with his gang of dudes. <laughs> like, Harry shows up with his gang of dudes. It's like, what the fuck? Like, poor guy is literally like. I was pretty amazed by how quick Richter caught up to Schwarzenegger when he was running for the subway. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like he was upstairs, and Schwarzenegger was like on the main floor across the street, already going down to the subway. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't even just Richter; it was Richter and his guys. Like, holy guys! Like all of a sudden, they're so right maybe, there behind him. Maybe that's a scene we're missing, and that's why Richter was able to actually go toe to toe for the most part with uh, Carl Quaid or Douglas oh. Hauser. He just ran yeah. out the window down the building. You know, maybe he's a secret mutant. We don't know about. He could be. He could be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have got a better guy to play the bad guy, though. I mean, he's like him bad guy. And Ronnie Cox, which I got to be honest with you. When you hear the name Ronnie Cox, you don't picture this guy. <laughs> no. No. Not at all. I kind of picture someone with a skullet for some reason. Yeah. I, I don't picture Ronnie like. Ronnie Cox just sounds like a name that would have a skullet. Yeah, or like a like a low rent wrestler. Yeah, <laughs> the cocky one, Ronnie Cox. And you're like, oh god, this poor jobber Ugh. from the '90s that gets beaten up all the time. Yeah, but you have to cheer for him because he's your dad. Hey, speaking of jobbers in the '90s, I, I think I think there's a really good movie to tell uh, with the Brooklyn Brawler. I don't think so. So anyway, uh, back to this movie. Shot down so quick. Back, back to the movie at hand. Um, the one thing I keep forgetting about Ronnie Cox, though, is because like I'm such a huge uh, Beverly Hills Cop fan. Yeah. I always forget that he was also the bad guy in RoboCop. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think he's actually buddies with Paul Verhoeven, and that's why he or Verhoeven, and that's why he got into this movie was because they needed somebody to play the bad guy. And he was just like, I'll do it. Wasn't he also in uh, Starship Troopers? He might have been, to be honest. Yeah. 
You know what? I think you should check because now I'm. I seem to think that he was. I think that Marshall Bell, the guy who played George and Quato, uh, is it Quato? It's Quato. I just watched it. I watched it actually. Technically, I watched it twice. I watched it two nights ago. Okay. And then last night, I had it on in the background while I was doing other things. Yeah, I think he was in Starship Troopers for sure. Uh, but he was also in seminal classic Twins. <laughs> that is a classic. Yeah. Uh, do, 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 do. Clancy Brown, Patrick Muldoon. Oh, yeah, Clancy Brown. He's one of those guys that uh, I'm amazed is still alive. Yeah, me too. When I saw him in uh, Daredevil Season 2, I was like, oh, wow, you're still alive. Yeah, and he was in that uh, Detroit game, too. I loved Frey. That was awesome to have him in there. It was awesome, especially because it was like his likeness and everything. But I guess that's part of it too, right? So like, yeah. he's doing more voice work than he does live action. Although, yeah, because he was also, uh, he was Lex Luthor in Superman the Anime Series. Yeah, exactly. He's done a shit ton of voice work. Yeah. And he was also in Highlander. I can do that too. <laughs> he's a great actor though. That's a weird um, series actually. Just Pathfinder? Highlander? Highlander's awesome. Have you seen Pathfinder? No, I don't think I have. It's got Carl Urban um, and Clancy Brown in it. And it's like friggin' like a Viking movie. It's pretty badass. No, I definitely haven't seen that. Okay. Is that the one where the alien shows up in Viking times? No, that was Outlander with uh, Jim Caviezel. Oh, right, right. Yeah, no, Pat- Pathfinder is friggin' cool. I think it's 2007, like right after Carl Urban did Doom and he wasn't quite a star yet. Okay. Yeah. Good movie. Underrated. I will have to check that out. Um, not only because of, uh, mainly just because of your recommendation. That's literally yeah. it. It's like one of those movies I would love to do a camcast on, but no one's heard of it, so we would get like one view. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's what, like if we did Highlander, I think Highlander would do pretty good. But if we did Highlander 2 or 3, it wouldn't do nearly as good as Highlander. Mm. Highlander 2 is fucked. Or Highlander Endgame. Oh, I don't think I've watched that one all the way through. Number four, where Chris uh, Chris Lambert and uh, Adrian and Paul, the one that from yeah. the show come together. Yeah, no, 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 I remember the premise. I don't think I watched it all the way through, though. It's also the first movie with a certain Adam Copeland. Yeah, I was waiting for you to say that, like mm. you you had uncovered a secret. Mm. Mm. You wish that was one of the reasons why I was familiar with that movie was because, of course, it was because. <laughs> And this was at a time where they still kind of did Cape Fave, right? So they, they were still yeah. saying starring Edge. And you're like, Edge. yeah. Then you watch them. I did watch the movie. That's right. Because the credits actually show his name is Adam Copeland. <laughs> starring WWE's Edge. <laughs> I couldn't tell you anything about that movie now that I think about it. I remember uh, Christopher Lambert losing. I remember that too. And I remember being and bothered by happened. that. Yeah, because like even though I had seen the show, um, I thought the show was kind of cool. Like it was, it was interesting actually. Yeah. Um, although I also checked out a couple of, uh, episodes of Highlander Raven, but that was terrible. Never watched that one. Um, I was always more of a Christopher Lambert fan anyway. 
like just in general, I thought yeah. this is the original Highlander. This is also Raiden or Raiden, depending Raiden. on your pronunciation. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Plus his name's Christopher. Christopher. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, where were we? Were we talking about Total Recall or were we talking about something else? We were talking some about Total Recall. I don't even know where we were. Um, we actually are at the part oh, where like, he's yeah. just starting to, uh, where he finds the, the briefcase or the guy calls him and he gets the briefcase so that Carl Hauser could say, hey, buddy. Yeah. I'm you, but I'm not quite you. I'm you before this. <laughs> I remember those scenes. I was like, that's funny. That's funny that he's real, like, super casual about it. Like, here's the thing. You're going to jam this up your nose, and you're going to take the tracking device out. And as long as you listen to me, you'll be fine. Yeah. And then cut to him being a woman at the airport. <laughs> that part, uh, that was actually another thing. You know what's funny? Like, even though I, I literally, like, kind of half-watched this twice in the last two days, that scene was another one where I was like, it's a really long... They took a while to get to that part. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, it seemed weird that they took that long. Also, I was like, wouldn't it have been cooler if he got past where he was supposed to be and then that shit happened? But whatever. They end up getting to Mars anyway. It, it, it would have, yeah. It was kind of weird, actually. Yeah, it was like, if like, it didn't happen, it wouldn't have taken, it didn't add anything, I guess, is the point no. I'm making. No, I guess Schwarzenegger just wanted to be a woman in a movie. I, I have no idea. I guess I, I think it was just another thing to show off the technology for the time. Yeah, and I guess they had a, a couple million to burn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but it literally served no purpose. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. It's honestly, it's not one of my favorite Schwarzeneggers. And I think it's not why, one of my favorites either. I think that's why I haven't really watched it in years. It's just because the first time I watched it, I remember it not really doing anything for me the first time I watched it. Like the special effects are the star of the movie. As far as I'm concerned, like the special effects are so amazing in this. They overshadow everything. I'm also going to, I'm going to say though, Schwarzenegger is in this movie on another level in terms of his action character, because like he's, he's running, he's kicking, like he's actually like almost like he's very athletic in this movie so much so that I was like, oh man, like he is moving. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously like in the Terminator movies, he's not going to be fighting like that. But even like in Commando, it's, it's pretty much a straight up like punch, punch, shoot, shoot, stab, stab type of thing. Yeah, it's Whereas all guns one, and, and knives, right? Yeah, where this one, he's like, he he's full on. Like, I think it was one of the, because he wanted to do this movie. But when they didn't cast him, I think he was like, I'll fucking show you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was kind of his mentality. But he, he did really bring it. Like, even in uh, Predator, same thing. He was just a soldier, so he wasn't really going to be kicking and stuff. But, yeah. like, this one was full on. So I was, like, I was impressed with the fight scenes because it didn't feel like a standard Schwarzenegger movie in that sense. And you're no. right. Like, you said it earlier, where this isn't a typical Schwarzenegger movie. And, yeah, 100%. But I do like that, even though this isn't a typical Schwarzenegger movie, 
the impression you get from Schwarzenegger is like it's another day at the office. Like it's yeah, you know. What was what was the pun he used when he killed Richter on the elevator? Because oh, I, I, as soon as I saw the arms come off, I was like, oh, a pun is coming. I did the same thing, and uh, it's actually I'm glad you brought that up because it reminded me of another movie. But it was like uh, uh, he goes, uh, "Hey Richter, see you at the party." Yeah. And when I was watching the movie, I was like, I immediately started doing this where I go, Richter isn't going to the party. <laughs> no arms for Richter at the party. <laughs> I, I was just, when the arms came off, I was, I, I thought it was going to be, sorry, Richter, you've been unarmed or something. Like that. <laughs> just one of those really awful Schwarzenegger puns, but then. He had to see you at the party. I was like, well, I got the pun. I knew it was coming, but I wasn't expecting that one. It wasn't it's, on the nose. It's, it's a shitty, it's a terrible, like, like one-liner. It's one of his worst one-liners. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like, um, oh, what the hell was it? Commando, where he busts the guy's nose, puts a hat over him. Yeah. And then uh, when the lady comes up, like the, the cart, uh, steward comes up and she's like, "Oh, anything for your friend?" He's like, "Oh no, he's dead tired." <laughs> and you're like, "Oh yeah, you get it because he's dead." This one, I'm like, "Is what?" <laughs> you weren't going to a party. I'm still confused, right? <laughs> well, no, they were actually going to a party. That's that's part of it. Uh, but like, like you oh, said, right. if you yeah, had there been, was like, the party where he, where he was supposed to be Hauser again, and he was going to be. That's right. Party. That's, that's right. right, but that's right. but like, uh, I th- I almost think you're right. Like he should have been like, uh, sorry, Richter, I've disarmed you or something yeah. like that. That <laughs> was gross too, by the way. That was a gross way to go. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, oh. like it, it, Paul Verhoeven is just like he does not shy away from hardcore violence. He like, gives no fucks. RoboCop is a very fucking violent movie. I mean, I remember watching the bad guy melt in that and just being like scarred for weeks. <laughs> Oh yeah, and and also like it, that uh, RoboCop in particular taints you. Like I'm glad I didn't see it when I was a kid, like a really young kid. When I did watch it, I was so like inundated with that death scene. Yeah. And when you watch the RoboCop remake, that you're just like, wait, one death scene takes ten minutes. The new death scene takes three seconds. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, and I really wanted to watch. I I wanted to love the the. Robot I wanted to game. love the remake because I mean, well, I mean, outside of Joel Kinnaman, who I'm I'm still not a huge fan of. The rest ooh, of the cast is insane in it. Ooh. Such a good cast. I'm actually a big Joel Kinnaman fan. I know because you watched The Killing, right? I watched The Killing. Uh, I watched uh, well, actually now two seasons of Hannah. Yeah. Um, oh, see, yeah, I haven't watched Hannah either. I didn't even know he was in it. Uh, I also liked him in Suicide Squad. I'm surprised you haven't watched Hannah. You should watch Hannah. I mean, it's on my to watch list, but that fucking. I, you know what? Like, Ever. it's uh, the guy that wrote and directed the original Hannah. Mm-hmm. He wrote this. He directed a handful of episodes of season two. It's just different enough the first season is just different enough that even like having watched the movie you're still gonna be like oh okay 
All right. The movie is one of those movies that I enjoyed aspects of. I wasn't a huge fan of the movie. Like Eric Bannon. I've rewatched it a couple of times. Bannon was. I've awesome. rewatched it a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Bannon is awesome. But uh, I've I think I've watched it now four or five times, and I gotta say, like everyone in the movie is awesome, though. Oh yeah. Like uh, Sir um, Ronan. I, I I never know how to pronounce her first name. I can't. I I don't know either. And I remember hearing it somewhere, and it's I was just like, "So simple, too." Yeah, but I anyway. I I even just like the idea of it being like an actual like dark fairy tale. Yeah, and it's very much a dark fairy tale, which I thought was really cool. This one, like the actual TV show, it's uh it's still kind of fairy tale esque in that sense, but um. Uh, in the off chance that you end up watching it, I don't want to say too much more. Okay. Because well, it's, it, it's good. It's good. I plan to watch it. I just, you know what it is? I don't really put on Prime a lot. Like, I Prime is oh, okay. like the last service I get to kind of thing. Like, Netflix, okay. And then I move on to Crave. Like, <laughs> See, that's the thing. We don't have Crave yet. So okay. for us, it's Netflix, uh, it's Amazon. Or it's Plex, like uh, one of the guys I used to work with got me set up with his Plex account. Mm-hmm. So I have access to like tons of movies and TV shows. Okay. So I think that's another reason why I haven't gone the uh, Crave route, but I'll probably be doing Crave soon enough. I mean, I got Crave because I love HBO shows. So, yeah, you know, like friggin' it's been worth it for Game of Thrones and Curb Your Enthusiasm alone. <laughs> oh, and Barry. Ah. Barry is such a good show. Have you seen that one yet? No, I haven't. I actually really wanted to, but I'm surprised that you're a huge Kirby enthusiasm. Well, I shouldn't say surprised, but like, I am a little surprised actually. Yeah. Really? I love. Well, yeah, Curb. because I love. I've, I've watched Curb since the beginning. Huh? Look at you! Look at you! Look at me! I was in Dryden in what 2002. I was by myself working on the, in that mill there, and every wow. morning I would get up at 6 a.m. I would like make my breakfast. I would turn oh. on the TV, and Curb Your Enthusiasm was playing in that hotel room every morning at six. And I would watch wow. Curb before I went to work, and it would put me in just a good enough mood to make it through 12 hours of a garbage day. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that would be like. Yeah, I've I've even like tried like when people go like. Uh, like, oh, I don't know if I would like Curb Your Enthusiasm. I always say, well, okay, so you watch Seinfeld? And they go, yeah. Did you like Seinfeld? And they're like, yeah, I thought Seinfeld was funny. I was like, okay, so it's like, you know, a show about nothing, right? Like, nothing happens? Uh, okay, so he uh, helped write it and produce it, and he's the basis of George Costanza. The difference be is that this guy, his character, says and does the things that we don't do. Yeah, the things we're thinking of doing, but we never like, go through with it. <laughs> yeah, he, he says and does those things and gives no fucks, right? Yeah. Like last season, not last season, but the season before where he had the Fockwad put on him. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a couple episodes of the latest, uh, the newest season, and I'm just like, this is just like when he's wearing the MAGA hat <laughs> to get out of shitty conversations. <laughs> And then it backfires on him. That's that one of the whole things, episode was so good. That's one of the things that I, I love about that show too. Is that like like he never wins. He can yeah. never win. Yeah. It's oh, like yeah. uh, it's like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. That's one of my favorite shows of all time too. And that one, 
uh, for people that haven't seen it, I always describe it like Seinfeld if everyone's a horrible piece of shit. Like, forget about the stuff that you think you remember about Seinfeld. Nobody's really that good in Seinfeld. I mean, the, the best person in Seinfeld is Kramer, and even he's not the yep. best person, right? Now imagine if they're all terrible pieces of shit. Like, they're horrible people. There's no redeeming qualities out of any one of them. Now decide if you want to watch the show because it gets dark and heavy. <laughs> but it's hilarious all the way through. <clears throat> I need to give Sonny another shot. I tried uh, a few couple episodes of the first season and I couldn't get into it. But I think I think if I kept with it until the second season when DeVito comes in and it starts to get its, like, its footing and like what it is, yeah. I think I would enjoy no. it more. But see, the thing, too, about the first season, and I've, I've said before, too, like, uh, I've, I've actually told people, like, you don't necessarily have to watch the first season. You can actually start from season two and go on, because when DeVito shows up, it definitely really starts to get to become its own, like, to be It's Always Sunny, right? Yeah. However, you got to go through the first season. You have to, because, I mean, if you can get through the first season, and get into this really dark humor, it gets worse. <laughs> it just gets even darker all the way through. Yeah, uh, I think, I great. think, that, I mean, that's a hard thing with a lot of like comedies, right? The first season is sometimes often hard to get through. Like, yep. with The Office, I, I wasn't really into The Office at first until like the second season. I, I was in the same boat. Like, even now when I rewatch uh, episodes, of the first season i'm like yeah it's you know like yeah, yeah parks it, and rec is the same way too yeah where i love parks and rec like i i'm more of a parks and recs guy than the office but even i'll say like the first season isn't i don't think it's as hard for me to get through as as the office is but it's definitely different and like i know like of course they purposely changed how the people reacted to uh leslie nope's character yeah, and they made her less ditzy. Those were the two big changes. Like, but that's cool. But even the stuff with Michael Scott, they changed him quite a bit. Oh yeah, and I mean, like that's the, the nice thing about the first season of The Office is it was only six episodes, so like it didn't really know yeah. what it wanted to be yet. But it's you're it's so quick to get through that first season. Oh yeah, oh yeah, like two hours and you're done. So, but I mean, if you ever actually think that it's tough to get through the first season. Watch the British version. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right, that one is... is he's, he's a... I don't know. I don't know. Well, he's a funny I, dude, I, but I can't... I don't know. I never really get into his shit. No, you know what it is? is uh, So, the American office, they they want you to laugh at some of the people, but ultimately laugh with them. and and you know, ultimately like them. Whereas the BBC office, they want you to laugh at them. Like they right. want you to literally be like, oh, you guys are just the worst. <laughs> but I, I will say this though. I've only watched the uh, first season. The only, I've only watched the BBC office all the way through once. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Well, I mean, Brit British humor is, it's a different beast. I mean, like, you're either going to like it or you're not going to like it. <laughs> I agree completely. But, like, 
because I uh, I watched a lot of Red Dwarf back in the day. So I thought, okay, well, oh, hey, buddy. I thought back in the day I could be like, like, oh, I'll check out, uh, you know, The Office and, and go from there. But even those two are two different types of BBC humor. So, yeah. Like, um, I think the only uh, sitcom I've really fully enjoyed from the BBC is, or I don't even know if it was BBC, but it was Spaced. You ever watched Spaced all the way through? Edgar, Edgar no. Wright's show with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost? No, I actually haven't watched anything of it. Oh, it, it's really good. But it's like, it took me a few episodes to really get into it because I was like, this is weird humor. I don't... I don't know why that's I like laugh a, kind of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> the IT crowd. The IT crowd was one where I watched a couple episodes, and even though I love Chris O'Dowd, uh, I was like, I, you know what? I'm good. I don't want to watch any more episodes. Yeah. And that one's more sitcommy than the the Office. You know, like it's more of a sitcom. But I was like, uh, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. So Total Recall. <laughs> I recall. We I totally about... recall. Yes, yes, that, that is what I should have said. Yes. Look at you. Look you know what? Um, uh, we talked about. We mentioned earlier about how like Hollywood loves Philip K. Dick movies. They really do love Philip K. Dick's works. Like I think he's one of the authors. I, part of it is that he wrote a lot, mm-hmm. but he's one of the ones that has like most of his movies or most of his books have been made into a movie in some way, shape, or form. Like. Even just the knowing that they were trying to make a sequel for Total Recall, yeah, was interesting. And Quaid was going to be uh, a cop, and it was going to be like Minority Report, where okay. they were going to have the pre-crime with, but instead of the uh, <clears throat> precogs, they would have been mutants, right? Right. Oh, before I forget, one of my favorite scenes is when he goes to Mars and the little girl psychic shows up yeah you know and she's like I-, I bet you're a Taurus." he's like how did you know and he just does that little cute little touch of her chin and i was like like in real life that would if i saw that like on reddit or something i'd have been like oh that is just so sweet like he didn't have to like, i know no. that's part of the movie or whatever it's just a really cute scene where because like obviously she knows she looks like a fucking freak show there's oh, no yeah. way she doesn't know that but the right? fact that he could look past it and just see this adorable little girl. Yeah, I was just like, that's such a cute little scene. Like, I guess it's one of those where I go, like, they created Douglas Quaid, but they created him so good that even when they tried to make him into Carl Hauser, they really couldn't. Like, yeah. physically, he was Carl Hauser, but mentally he was this new guy, Douglas Quaid, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. I'm, lo- I'm looking at the list right now of Film K. Dick's uh, works that became movies. Because, I mean, when you think about, like, Blade Runner, Total Recall, and Minority Report immediately come to mind. Yeah, uh, but the then there's uh, Replicant. Not Replicant. Um, Imposter. Imposter's one. Paycheck is another. Paycheck is one, yeah. Imposter. Uh, is it Imposter? Or oh, Gary Sinise, I think, is in it. Imposter, yeah, that's the one. Okay. Okay, so that's uh, another one. Um, uh, screamers. Screamers. Yeah, with Peter Weller from the nineties. <gasps> oh yeah. 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 That's uh, a scanner darkly. Scanner is another darkly. One. Scanner darkly is awesome. 
that's next. probably one of my favorite Philip K. Dick movies. Yeah. Wait, next? Next is you Philip said K. next. Next. Like Nicolas Cage and that Jessica Biel. Based on the no- novel story The Golden Man by Philip K. Dick. Why didn't they call it The Golden Man? That sounds way cooler than next. The Adjustment Bureau? That's an awesome movie. Oh, yes. Adjustment Bureau. That's right. That's another one. So we're at like nine right now. I um, haven't watched that one yet. That looks like pretty much it, uh, besides The Man in High Castle. That's also him, the TV show on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, Michelle actually watched that for a bit and then just gave up. She I think said it, it stopped. I mean, it sounds really cool. I haven't watched it, but I mean, it's really interesting, right? What would the world be like if Germany won World War II? Like, mm-hmm. And then you found out that it was actually an alternate universe or an alternate timeline. Well, how do you fix it? Yeah, that's neat. I don't know. How do you? Because I haven't watched the show. I haven't watched it either. <laughs> I only watched like a handful of episodes while Michelle was watching it. <laughs> that's more than I've watched. Yeah, so I mean, overall, Total Recall, I, I, it made me want to watch the remake again. I watched the remake for a while. I remember like I have to agree. I, I, I have to agree. Yeah, I kind of wanted so to. Uh, I definitely want to revisit that now. Yeah, I want to re. Actually, I, I got to be honest with you. I want to revisit all of the Philip K. Dick movies, every single one, except for Imposter, because I've never seen it. So I want to watch that one for the first time, because everything I, else I've seen. I've seen Imposter, but I don't really remember much about it. I think I, Gary Sinise is an astronaut who goes to space and comes back, and then he's not Gary Sinise anymore. I think, I think that's kind of what it, like he was replaced in space, or maybe uh, I'm kind of, maybe I'm mixing that with the astronaut's wife. Well, actually, they're they're very similar because Imposter, uh, Gary Sinise's character is supposed to be like I think that in their their timeline, aliens took over. Um, and they can make like perfect copies and use okay. them as bombs. Okay. Uh, and the bombs are shaped like hearts. And the only way that you can really figure out if you're an imposter or not is uh, either you get close to your target because then what looks like a heart is now the bomb or like you get tested by this uh, medical machinery thing, like an x-ray machine, essentially. That'll tell you if you're a, uh, an imposter or not apparently it bombed terribly and i i remember uh i remember when this movie came out and thinking to myself like really like gary sinise is a leading man i don't see it yeah that's why it bombed i mean gary sinise is not a leading man he's a great supporting actor he's great supporting actor i mean lieutenant dan for fuck's sakes i mean yeah like top guy not a lead no no, he's not. And I also have to watch Adjustment Bureau. So those are the two that I haven't seen. You've never seen Adjustment Bureau? You know why? Because uh, I honestly was like, I was like, this seems like a weird Jason Bourne movie. <laughs> it's really good. In fact, it is a really good, like, it's action-packed, but it's also like a really good romance. Okay. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed that movie. Yeah. Well, like I said, like I mean, most of the movies on this list I've seen and I've enjoyed immensely. Yeah. Except for Paycheck. <laughs> Except for Paycheck. I probably, but to be fair, I probably won't enjoy 
imposter. Uh, in I, fact, I feel like if I watch imposter and then watch paycheck, I might be like, you know, paycheck's not that bad actually. Like, I mean, there's a lot of positives to paycheck. Yeah. I might, I might still think it's terrible. Frick. I really remember Dilly squad about the imposter. I, the poster, I know the poster. I remember seeing that VHS pop up in my parents' store, but. Well, I remember that too, but I, I remember just being like, nah, I don't even. But that was also before I was like, I realized that Philip K. Dick did so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So it's just one of those, like, it would be nice to revisit and just see which one. Because you never know, like, your standings might change, right? Like, obviously, Blade Runner is at the top of the list. Uh, in my opinion, Minority Report is at the top of the list for me. Mm-hmm. Total Recall would be at the top, like if I'm picking. But uh, I have to rewatch Scanner Darkly because part of me thinks that I would actually have like Blade Runner and Scanner Darkly almost neck and neck. Because I really like Scanner Darkly. Yeah, Scanner Darkly is another movie I haven't watched in years. I think I watched it when it came out, 2006. Yeah, I did. I, I rented the movie from Blockbuster. I, I uh, it was a little bit later for me. It showed up on the movie channels when I lived at my grandparents. Yeah, and I was just like, "What?" And I watched it. I was like, "Oh my god, this is so good!" But I haven't watched it since. So who knows? You didn't like Minority Report, though. I remember that. No. Honestly, Phil K. Dick. I mean, I've never really liked any movie based on his work besides Screamers. I'm warming up to it now as I get older. I think the the thing is what can, about Blade Runner? I, I never remember I never liked Blade Runner. Oh yeah, no, we both were like, uh, it's only when we rewatch it. I I really enjoyed and appreciated it a lot more watching it back to back with 2049. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah. I did like Blade Runner though. I, I remember liking it. Uh yeah. and I think it I think it depends on the cut you watch because last time I watched the final cut, which I enjoyed a lot more than I believe it was the theatrical I watched originally. Okay, okay. Yeah, I gotta watch the, the final cut. Yeah, I didn't watch theatrical. Yeah. So but I feel bad though. Like I feel like Philip K. Dick was one of those guys that uh like because his theme his themes in his movies are very similar. Like it's a lot of like who am I? Am I real? Is this real? You know, yeah. Uh, question authority, like authority's bad, stuff like that. Like, I, if I remember correctly, I think it, he was uh, he experimented with drugs a lot while he mm-hmm. was writing. I think he was a mushroom guy. <laughs> he did a lot of like hallucinogens. I can see but that. But I have to. Yeah, but like, I mean, at the same time, like some prolific sci-fi shit. Oh yeah. I mean, you open up your mind completely and fuck the shit that's going to flow out of it. <laughs> yeah. So long story short, Total Recall, awesome movie. Uh, it is one of Schwarzenegger's best, I will say. The problem, or not the problem, but the thing is, is that because his catalog is so huge that even being one of his best doesn't scratch the surface. Yeah, like... To me, it's it's enjoyable, but it's not one of my favorite Schwarzeneggers. It's easily one of his most famous, most popular roles. I mean, easily. Oh, yeah. For years, I saw Total Recall everywhere before I actually finally watched it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I mean, that poster alone, like when I saw the box cover, yeah. I was like, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. 
So cool. So good. Well, I mean, you know, plus you got the three tit lady, you know, there's that. Quato. that? Quato yeah. was definitely one that people, you know, like there's a lot of iconic imagery here. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, Lots of iconic. Well, I mean, I'm curious, like, what is your favorite Schwarzenegger movie? Oh, it, it would be T2, hands down. Yeah, it would have to be T2. You sure you don't want to go with the Dark Skies or Dark Fate or whatever? What? Dark Skies. What's the latest Terminator? Is it Dark Fate or? Oh, um, Dark Fate. Dark Fate? I already forget the title. Dark Fate. Yeah. Yeah, it's Dark Fate. It's Dark, Dark Fate. Dark Fate yeah. wasn't bad. I mean, I, I mean, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed all the Terminator movies. I don't hate really? any of them. Even Genesis? I enjoyed Genesis. It's Ooh. easily my least favorite. Because it's so PG and I hate it. <laughs> but there's... I don't even hate the fact that it's PG. It's just shitty. I, I enjoyed scenes in it. It is the worst of the bunch, though. It's the I enjoyed one. scenes. That's you sold it right there, buddy. <laughs> sold it. You know what movie is fucking awesome in the Terminator that that gets too much slack is Salvation. Salvation is an awesome Terminator movie. Salvation was a really good movie. Really yeah. good movie. It's I mean, uh, like they didn't they didn't depend on Schwarzenegger. They went and did their own thing in the future. Really cool. I love I, it. I'm actually like really disappointed that that movie didn't do better. Yeah. Same because here. I wanted to see more of that. Oh, me too. Like I was so pumped. Like Christian Bale was really great in it. It's Christian Bale, though. Anton Yelchin was great as Kyle Reese. It's Anton Yeltsin. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I doubt he would have been able to finish, finish the trilogy because he passed away not much longer after it. No, it was... Four, maybe four years after, after, after it? Four years or so? I want to say, yeah. Or no, no, maybe, maybe. Well, hold on, because his last because, movie was Green Room, and that was only a few years ago. And Star Trek, Star Trek was two thousand nine, and then yeah, I believe actually, it yeah, was no, two thousand thirteen or four. Thirteen and then seventeen, right? Yeah, it was every four years, and I believe Something that like was that. his last movie, the third Star Trek, because there was a yeah. tribute to him. That's the one, yeah. That's yeah. the one. So it's possible. It's possible. They, yeah. they had a couple of things going against it. One thing was, uh, was it was it Mick G that directed that? Mm-hmm. So overall, while I liked the movie, there was just some things with the direction that I didn't like. Um, the other thing was, of course, everyone was shooting on Bale for yelling at the stagehand. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, he got crazy. huge flack for that one. Yeah. And for some reason, I think the other part was that for some reason, Terminator fans were going into this thinking it was going to be like the other movies. <coughs> <coughs> Even though it was literally billed as we're seeing the resistance before that, you know? I mean, like, I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool. I thought it was really cool. I got to see uh, John Connor, like, move up the ranks and actually have people like Michael Ironside, for instance, literally go, hold on. 
maybe this guy is going to help us. You know, maybe this guy isn't the, the bullshit Messiah that they keep saying he is. Maybe he will actually help us, you know? Mm-hmm. No. But, uh, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. I, I, as, a, as a standalone movie, it's still a solid standalone. I just would have yeah. loved to see more in that universe. Although the uh, the deleted ending where, uh, what's his face, Sam Worthington, mm-hmm. where John Connor actually dies, but then they superimpose John Connor's face onto the end, uh, the T whatever he was, the oh, yeah. body. That was like a rumored thing where like, so now he lives on as John Connor. If they would have ended like that, though, I would have been like, that's crazy. You can't do that. Yeah, that's fucked up. <laughs> it's, I mean, like, I, I like the idea of it being this one human that is able to beat the, the robots, you know? Yeah. As opposed to, while well, we were winning, and then John Connor died, and then we faked everybody out, and it's actually a Terminator, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Plus, it wouldn't have made any sense because they weren't at that point. Because, like, um, Cal Reese was, like, a full-grown man when they were at a point where the T-800s were able to fake out dogs. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, it wouldn't have made sense. No. No. But awesome movie. So, that is the Total Recall Chemcast. Twins would be my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Just so twins, I fucking I I I can't tell you how many times I've watched that movie, but I would have to say that would be my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I loved I love Twins. It it though it really surprises me that's your favorite. <laughs> it surprises me too, and I almost don't want to say it because it might wreck my geek pants cred. But uh, that's I would have to say like. Like, honestly, if I had a choice, like if someone was like, hey, we can watch Twins or Terminator, I would say, let's watch Twins. <laughs> I mean, it could be worse. You could have said Junior. Uh, or maybe Terminator 2. I think I think I might actually have to say Terminator 2. Because, I mean, if I had the choice of watching Terminator 2 or Twins, yeah, I would probably pick Terminator 2. Uh, ju- junior. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, Who watched I'm- that in the theater? And I fell asleep watching that in the theater. That was my birthday movie. Yeah, I I, I remember missing a part of it because I fell asleep because it was not that good. I re- watched it after that, and it's it's still pretty bad. <laughs> like it's still I funny pretty moments, bad. but it's so far fetched and just like weird. <laughs> that's what it is. It's a weird movie. Like yeah. I mean, yeah, I know we're talking about twins, and that's a weird movie. Like. But they don't really emphasize how weird it is. It's only when you think about it. Yeah. Because it's like, it's some weird, like, sci-fi shit where they're like, well, we took, you know, like, 12 of the top fittest dudes and somehow got their DNA into that woman. And uh, you guys came out. (laughs) You were everything great. You were everything else. (laughs) I was like... (laughs) That's horrible. That's horrible. You know? Uh, but then you watch Junior and you're just like, what? <laughs> what is happening? 
Like, who actually sat there and said, like, men should get pregnant? Whoever said that is retarded. If I was going to do, like, a top five Schwarzenegger movies, it would be Terminator 1 and 2, Predator, End of Days, and... uh, Oh, twins is pretty funny too, but I don't think I don't think it would be one of his comedies. I mean, I think. Well, now see, like I actually am rethinking because, like, it's tough a, because I love Eraser too. Eraser is an awesome movie. Yeah, well, Eraser's so good. Yeah, Racer would be on my top five for sure. Terminator Two for sure. Um, what else, man? Because he's got so many, and I'm such a huge fan that I know that I'm forgetting more yeah. than, you know? It, I mean, uh, it's freaking huge. Yeah, like, it is huge. It is huge. Huh. Twins, yeah, definitely would be, be twins. That's for sure on my list. Predator, for sure. You know what's weird? You and I are both stuck on what the fifth one would be. Because it's the last one and there's so many good ones left. It's like, what do I put in that spot? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, tough. I, I had no second guessing with End of Days. I love End of Days so much. So much. I it's, love the fact you know that what, it, That's another super cheesy... Actually, I would have to say probably End of Days. Because I did really like that movie, even though like it's, it's cheesy. Um, yeah, of course. I mean, it's cheesy, but I mean, Gabriel Byrne was so awesome as Satan, and the fact that it took the devil to kill Schwarzenegger, like. But he had, but he killed Satan first, though. He did. He did. He died killing Satan. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell was his name? Jericho Kane? Is that what it was? Jericho Kane. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's another one too, where like he uh, he lost his wife and his child. So he's a hard drinker, yeah. but it's fucking jacked. Still jacked, yeah. He just he he eats chicken and broccoli, works out, steroids and alcohol. That's it. That's his diet for Jericho Kane. Jericho Kane, the Jericho Kane diet. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I actually really like that movie. It is. It's one of those where I shouldn't like it as much as I do because it's like Gabriel Byrne, like everyone in it is great, but it's not a good movie. <laughs> like really, when you think about it, it's actually not a really good movie, but for whatever reason, we just love it. I love it. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's just, I'm shitting on it pretty hard, but I do love it. I have to rewatch it, but I feel like, cause I remember watching the first time around. I was like, I shouldn't like this. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, you know what number five is? Number five is Batman and Robin. I was waiting for you to say that. And I was going to actually say, if you say that, I'm not going to be friends with you anymore. But I know that this is for the purposes of humor. Yes. But that's also, I wouldn't say that's a Schwarzenegger movie. I would argue. It's not. That's a it's, George Clooney movie. <laughs> it, it's a bad movie. It's a bad movie. That that was a oh, joke, everyone. That was a joke. I have bad it, taste with some movies, but not that bad. <laughs> yeah, like every, everyone's got movies where like, or TV shows or whatever, where they're just yeah. kind of like, I, I don't know what to tell you. I just, I, I, just you. Love it. I love it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, like, uh, like 
like the fucking Polly Shore catalog are all just terrible movies, but I love every one of them. I love every one of them. I love Polly Shore. So it's like, it's just, you know, it's just those things. Yeah. A lot of it is like what you grew up on, right? Right. But uh, Batman and Robin is definitely a bad movie because seeing that in the theater and going, this is a bad Batman movie. Yeah. This is a really bad Batman movie. You know? Right from the opening nipple crotch butt shots. I was like, oh boy. Well, no, no, because you'd already seen nipples in uh, Batman Forever. Right, but they definitely did a close-up of the crotch and butt in this. Oh, this was like, like if, it's literally like if you did not like Batman Forever, then don't watch Batman and Robin. Yeah, because the little bit of redeeming factors that Batman Forever has, they're removed completely for Batman and Robin. <laughs> yeah, like, just, like, they took everything and then just dialed it up so yeah. much. Like, like, I remember the first, uh, what was it, 10 minutes of Batman Forever, and uh, it's the scene where, like, he's in that vault, and, like, acid is being poured in, right? and there's the dude there, and he's got the hearing aid, and Batman takes the hearing aid so that he could hear the, uh, the clicks for when he opens up the vault. I was like, that's genius. That is so genius. Sadly, the rest of the movie isn't that intelligent. <laughs> and they don't treat Batman that smart at all for the rest of that movie and the, the next one. Yeah. But I was like, it was it was cool. Plus, he was also decked out in the, the black suit, and it was very similar to uh, the Batman Returns suit. You know what I mean? So it was like, okay, all right. Yeah. But... I mean, to be fair, if Batman and Robin was better, would we have gotten the, you know, Batman Begins? Probably not. Probably not. So. We would have got Batman uh, Triumphant. Yeah, it sounds like it would have been good on paper. I, I totally remember that. They were talking to Robin Williams to be the Mad Hatter. Yep. Oh, I thought he was the Riddler. No, he was going to be the Mad Hatter. Hmm. I actually would have pictured him more as a Mad Hatter. I always thought he was he was down for the Riddler, but yeah, well, no, the Riddler was already forever, right? Triumphant was going to be the oh, fifth movie that's in that right, series. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I'm saying Riddler, but yes, Mad Hatter. Yeah. Imagine. I'm actually glad though. I don't want to see Mad Hatter. He's one of those ones where I don't want to see too much of because he's like i said before he's a weird character he's kind of creepy when you really think about him he's a borderline pedophile if you really think about it that's yeah. one of the reasons why i'm like uh this is this is tough like the way he's handled in the animated series yeah is the only way to do him without getting into that pedophilia angle yeah. because it's really close it's really close like even in Ark, the Arkham game, I remember was it Arkham Origins or Arkham City. Might have been Arkham City, but I remember just being like, oh, this is so close. It's just, it's disturbing. Yeah. But anyway, enough about that stuff. Total mm -hmm. Recall. Woo, Total you recall. are awesome. Oh, hey, Geek Pantsers. 
I forgot what I was going to say. That's so weird. That's so weird. Yeah, what were you going to say? I can only do this for so long. I mean. Oh, I was going to do the outro, but what screwed me up was I said, hey, Geek Pantsers. Right. <laughs> I was going to do that thing where I go, hey, Kenneth, where can we be seen? <laughs> I said, hey, Geek Pantsers, because I'm a professional. <laughs> but we can be seen on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram here on YouTube, where you can watch our handsome faces, or if you just want to hear our voices, you can hear us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can also catch us at geekbandsmedia.com, where we're still waiting for Chris's first big piece. The big article. Chris forgot all about that. It's coming. It, it, is, it is coming. It is coming. Um, but thank you for reminding me about that, so I can uh, get to work on it. Get to work, man. What are you doing all day long? Working. Working. And then when I'm not working, I'm uh, being a good husband and uh, a good uh, pet owner. I don't want to say master. I don't like that term. Master. But pet owner sounds master. so informal. Master of dogs. Master of puppets. He's walking his dog. <laughs> that's That's all I got. You know, it was, it was pretty good. Yeah. Was it a complete fail? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you very much. We will see you here for one of the trilogies we haven't decided on yet. You know what? Whichever trilogy, you'll just show up. You'll love it. And that's it. That's all. All right. Thanks, everybody. You geek pantsers are great.